0: It's you. Hello and welcome to the football bubble. Uh, the four of us are here. If you're watching on screen, it's myself, Phil, Patrick, Brenton and Steve. Cousin Mud um, isn't available this evening. He, he's 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 got a bit of a cold. It's not Rona. He's all okay. He's all grand. He doesn't have COVID. He's all grand, It's just he's got a bit of an infection somehow, so he's he's not fit. Uh, also, Arsenal are playing, which he doesn't think. I think he doesn't realize the four of us don't realize this. I think he thinks it's gone under the radar that Arsenal are playing and he can't come on. We'll, we'll forgive him for tonight. So it's the four of us who are on, as I said, Paddy, Steve, myself, Phil and Brenton. We're going to chat about, uh, we're going to have a bit of a fun one tonight. Christmas is on the horizon. We're going to talk about food. Uh, we had a debate in our WhatsApp group, so we're going to get into that. Um, we're going to chat about TV or film or whatever we're getting into at the minute. And also we are going to touch a little bit on the football that happened at the weekend and there is some football still going on, um, especially in the Premier League uh, and the EFL, despite um obviously surge of case, surging of cases in um in the UK, and that's obviously been a hot debate this week, lads. So we'll start, we'll get struck into it straight away to get the the boring football bit out of the way first. But Brandy, obviously, because Chelsea have been hit quite hard, uh, with COVID, um, and they had to play their game Spickable. on on uh. Oh, on Sunday against Wolves, and they're going to be playing again tomorrow night. Um, the Premier League met yesterday. I think all twenty clubs met yesterday and still decided to a massive majority of them to go on ahead with this and continue on and not
1: have a circuit breaker. So, what do you make of this? Um, bollocks. Uh, obviously, I think we. I actually don't know if we all agree, but I think it should have been done before how many games were there at the weekend four three or four um it should have been done before that um i think a lot of like after the shambles of the villa game being called off with like two hours to go or something stupid like that um for fans alone like they literally don't know what they're doing They could be halfway up or down the country and a game gets called off it's a joke um and they're like every time they leave they're um town or whatever they're putting themselves at risk um especially at this time of the year like you might not see your family at christmas they're doing all this so they can see their team and then maybe the game doesn't even go ahead so um that should be reason enough but um yeah i I, the the thing that really annoys me is the what's the for want of a better word protocol um has been in the news for another reason but but um there's no, still no guidance uh, from the Premier League about what it takes to get a game called off. I'm pretty sure there's teams um, that have had less cases than Chelsea who have got games called off. Um, I think Chelsea are up to seven now. And today, uh, Lewis Becker tested positive. Took a how to bring in some of the under 23s to his squad for the Carabao Cup game against Brentford. And. Um, he's now tested positive as well. So, I mean, as as he said in his press conference, they need, like, once they decide who's going on the matchday squad and who's going to be involved, they're eating together, they're traveling together, they're with each other all the time. It is inevitable that other people are going to test positive. Um, and this, the squads will just get smaller and smaller. And Chelsea also had to rely on injured players like I know Klopp mentioned after the Liverpool game that um he said he I think he said he felt sorry for Tugel or something because he had to bring Kovacic and, and Kante back and they both had to you know be involved in the squad and be and play. Um I think it was the same for was it Milner and Keita in the in the Liverpool Spurs game. They hadn't played I think Klopp said in ages and they they both put in 90 minutes maybe if I'm right in saying. Um it's stupid. I mean, this time of the year the fixtures are, you know, all the clubs over Europe, um, apart from the Premier League, obviously take a break. It's not as intense. Um, a normal season is hard for these players and throw this in on top of it, it is just it's shambolic. Um, don't agree with it at all. Should have been a break. Um, and now they've decided that there still won't be. And I don't get it. What, what do you make steve you're nodding away there in the
0: bottom corner
2: yeah i completely agree with brendan um like it, it's just there's no clarity at all as to why games are being cancelled and others aren't um i see i feel like what happened at the weekend was they decided that if they called off one more game they'd have to call off all the games um in terms of fixture backlog or something like that. So I feel like they pushed that Chelsea game through for that reason alone. Um, But when they have the chance to have this like quote unquote circuit breaker to like break the chain of transmission in a really simple way. And look, it sucks. Like there's nothing better than sitting down on, on Stevens day or Boxing Day, whatever you call the 26th of December. And and watching a load of football. It's brilliant. But at the same time, it's like, if that comes at the detriment, if that means we don't have football for three months after that um, because they decided to play those games, it just seems really, really, really short-sighted. And I think this is where it's coming back to bite the Premier League in the arse, that like they didn't bring in some sort of mandate that treated vaccinated players and unvaccinated players differently. I think we're seeing in leagues, in sports leagues around the world, that by having those things in place, you not like you can't prevent it like from outbreaks from happening and things like that but you can at least have something of a control scenario like you can't have a situation where liverpool who are 100 vaccinated go and travel to play manchester united say for example who are probably who are allegedly one of the lowest vaccinated teams within the league because that increases everybody's risk then of transmission and things like that so there's a lot of there's a lot of issues there to be sorted and i think it would have done nobody any harm to just kind of hit pause on it for for a couple of weeks and go let's get this right let's actually see is it cuz i don't want to go back to watching football with no fans um no. like i think yeah. to be honest that's the worst case scenario i'd rather there was no football and have to watch that again um cuz it's it's a completely different experience um and it doesn't really it, the game it makes the games that are played without fans different and have different stakes than the games that are played with fans. We've seen games where the fans have influenced referees' decisions and things like that. So how is it fair that a game would happen then without fans and things like that? So all of these things need to, need to be kind of factored in. But I do think, like, I think Chelsea were screwed at the weekend. I think it's the it's the only way to describe it. Like, it, it they were incredibly hard done by when you consider that Manchester United have now had two games called off. Um, and. What happened in the United training ground that they weren't, after the first game was called off, able to section off enough players, including the youth squad and things like that, under-23s, under-21s, keep them separate from the infected players and things like that, because they would have been training separately anyway. So I've no doubt United could have put out a younger team um, if they had been forced to, but that game was called off so far in advance. It's almost like they, like, put it out there they were treated differently than Chelsea were and that's not right like
1: and Spurs as well like the you know Spurs had what two, two at least two games called off yeah. and you saw the actually the benefit it had on them like the, they came back mm-hmm. and they've had their best game all season after you know a lot of these players maybe um who had COVID or whatever they maybe have a light cold for a few few days or whatever and then they maybe were individually training, they were resting, um, they were recuperating, and you saw that they came out, um, and they were fully rested and ready to go for that Liverpool game. Whereas Chelsea, on the other hand, um, their squad is stretched, um, they're playing half injured players, um, going into this busy period in the season, which could, which could define their season. Do you know what I mean? It's um, no, it's really a. a not fair, just not fair.
2: Well, long short of it. I know, I mean, I'm sure Paddy has like has thoughts on this as well. But like, I think th- that's a crucial point. Chelsea in the last two weeks have gone from title contenders to can they keep a Champions League place mm-hmm. in in the space of a couple of weeks, and it's all to do with COVID. And other teams have not had to deal with that as well. So I just think it it, it feels like an unfair advantage for some teams and not for others. What do you
0: think, Paddy?
3: Yeah, like I i agree that there should be a, a pause. Um, you know, just for for players, staff, fans, safety, everything. Um, as Brendan's made a really important point, like to stop people traveling all across England and Wales and Scotland and whenever to watch games and, and hopefully reduce cases is wise. Um so a pause I think would be really, really good. Um yeah, it's 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 frustrating because um you know obviously Chelsea were really badly affected and, and Liverpool were missing basically their spine on on Sunday. Um I read something, I don't know if it's the party line from the Premier League or but I heard Rick Edwards on Five Lives saying, you know, with if you have 13 fit outfield players plus a goalkeeper, you'll be expected to fulfil a fixture now. Um which I think is a really strange rule because you could have 13 fit under 23s and you're keeper and you're expected to field a team, which I don't think is fair. It should be, you know, if six of your most 11 used players are unavailable with COVID, then the game should be called off or something. You know, as Steve was saying, it's, you know, it's really, it's really um, screwed over Chelsea lately because they're missing really important players and Liverpool are missing really important players. And, you know, that will affect someone more missing four squad players for COVID that are not going to play anyway so i think that would be like a more sensible rule but um i suppose like money talks and like we spoke last week about boris johnson basically not looking to impose extra restrictions and you know his position is becoming more and more untenable and you know conservatives are voting against restrictions and things and it, it leaves things in a really precarious position because they don't want to look foolish and bring in more restrictions because they always promised they wouldn't. So there was still 60,000 at that Spurs game on Sunday. And it had that feel of Liverpool at Atletico Madrid in March 2020. Like, this shouldn't really be happening. And London's seen as, like, the epicentre in these aisles of COVID right now. But they're just bunging 60,000 people together, which is ridiculous. Like, um, so, like, the way Wales today and Scotland have introduced, um, you know, behind closed door sport for I think Nicola Sturgeon said for up to three weeks. Ireland obviously have done you know maximum 5,000 of games like things like that have to happen Um, and again another point and we kind of talked about it in our group today or it was yesterday about unvaccinated players like people ultimately have the right to decide what goes in their body albeit people are maybe making what I would consider to be foolish decisions but you know, people are expected to show proof of vaccination passports and vaccination to watch players who are unvaccinated. So they're going across the cross England Good or whatever, point. putting themselves in danger and other people to watch these little snotters just, you know, being selfish and and prolonging everyone's agony, prolonging society's agony, football's agony. You know, these players shouldn't be shouldn't be allowed to play if if people can't. Aren't being allowed to watch them if they're not vox- vaccinated. If they're not vaccinated, shouldn't be allowed. Shouldn't be allowed to play. Like, um, so like you know, I don't know. It's it's a complicated situation. When you boil it down to just football, like you know, Brandon's frustrated. Other fans are frustrated. Absolutely, um, you know, and you know, it's just going to happen more and more. <sighs> so we'll see what the next few weeks hold. Yeah, it's
0: it's yet again because like, obviously football is a massive part of. All, all, four of our lives. Some of us would say it's maybe one of the most important, and they have children, but we'll not get into it. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we're stuck then. And we're having the debate, and football is football, especially football in England. It seems to always be at the crux of news stories or media, and and we saw how they've treated um their own players, even in the Euros and different things and all that there. But just on the Premier League, because it, it is such a massive, massive thing for. Culture in England as well, like so. It's seen seen as like it's used as the guinea pig sometimes. You feel you got that vibe the last time. The players certainly felt we're being used as guinea pigs and and they started to stand up. Uh, But on this time, a couple of things like I, I am of the opinion that England should have a Christmas break. I would get the boxing day games out because. They're massive for people, and there's a massive culture for it. There's, it's even here, Paddy, as well. Like, um, the Boxing Day derbies in the Irish League are humongous, and for some of the clubs in the Irish League, it's their big payday, and they need it. So, um, I would try and get that out of the way, um, and then I would st- I'd have stopped completely for two to three weeks. Another thing, I, I, and I keep banging this drum: bin the fucking League Cup. The League Cup shouldn't be getting played. It it's a waste. Like it it look, it's you get to Wembley in February, it's probably a great day out, don't get me wrong. But it's it's an absolute waste and it's a waste of fixture congestion that we don't need. Chelsea football club are in five competitions. Chelsea have about sixteen games in ten days coming up here. It's staffed. And like I think that the League Cup been the club world the, cup We had as a chance well. here. Yeah, that's what I mean. We had a chance. Yeah. When Covid came in the The English FA and the Premier League had a chance to look at their calendar and to restructure a few things because it was already too congested, far too congested. And this Christmas break, like this Christmas sort of run of fixtures, everybody buzzes about it and talks about it because like, you, you say you get off work and there's a game on every day and you're like, holy fuck, this is unreal. And it does seem unreal when you think of it, but when you take a step back and look at it but the people that are involved, and what about the players and the managers, that's a hectic schedule. And now you're adding in that teams are depleted um, so they're going to have to bring in youth players. Plus, players are playing. Like, Not every manager is going to bring in a youth player and trust him. He's going to go with the old player or the player that's tried and trusted. And then he's going to get an in and breakdown. It's just always going to happen. So teams are going to come into February, into March. Absolutely bollocks then. For what? For entertainment? Because we wanted to watch them play football. And, th- and on the on the stadiums too, I don't want to go back to behind-closed-doors games. I don't at all like they're, they're stinking they're hard to watch but if it means that we can sort out some of the fixtures schedule and after the break if they do a break and then they do it for another week or two they go through it just to calm everything down then I would I'd fully welcome it uh, Germany have done it other nations have done it and i fully welcome it I mean, it's stinking to watch but I'd, I'd back it the vaccinated player one is a great point and I'm glad someone did raise it because I was going to raise it myself um, how do you? I don't want. I don't care if I know anti-vaxxers, but you don't. You don't really want to stoke the fire too much. But the players that are anti vaxxed um, and that won't go and do it. But you'll take a fucking painkiller injection into your heel an hour or two before you go on, or you'll trust your your medic for something else. And because there is some that are brilliant, it seems to be in English football that are pushing it, and there's other ones that are maybe holding back, like. I don't understand that. This is a real weird one for me. Like, I don't understand why they wouldn't want to. I'm up. Honestly, I'm of the opinion. Obviously, it's freedom of choice. I I get that. But as as Paddy highlighted, and as was said, like when you're at a stadium and there's fifty thousand people there to worship you, play football, but their mates, so their their dads, their mums, their grannies, their grandads can't come and watch it because maybe they aren't faxed or whatever. But you're running around like a fucking idiot with your collar up. And you're on... Like, I I, I just would be... If it was me, I'd be taking the, the route in the Bundesliga. You know, I'd be going down that route where, well, if you miss a game for a start, if you miss a game, you're going to get no no wages. None. That's it, Yeah, because you're not fixed I'm sorry, agree. we'll have to be strict. Like, look at Joshua Kimmich. Like, one of the best midfielders in the world, one of the best footballers in the world, one of the fittest footballers in the world. Unluckily, he gets COVID, and he doesn't get... Badly sick, but then he ends up with uh, fluid on his lungs. Like what? And now he can't train and can't do anything. And now he was saying in in an interview in, in German TV, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna now. I don't know if he's got it yet, but I'm gonna now go and get my vaccine." And you know, in hindsight, I should have thought that through. Like, who was inv- advising him? Do you know in the first place? It's it's mental. I don't want to get into whole man anti-vaccine chat because we're all vaccined Go and get your vaccine if you can, whatever. Um, but I just feel like in, in football, you have a... We always talk about them being... It's not their choice to be... They can't. You can't put them as role models. And I get that. You can't in certain situations. But in this situation, when the figures came out that were so low, and especially so low in some clubs, I was like, this wasn't one where you could use to slag your mates club. That's not a thing. Usually you can. Like, if something stupid happens... But this, this is when you're like, no, nah, you feel like I felt for you, Steve, when we when that figure came through. I don't want to put it into the group, but I saw it, and it's like he's going to think I'm trolling him, but I wasn't trolling. Him. No, and you but knew like, I wasn't. I was, you know, as, but... I was as annoyed as any other fan would be, like regardless of who they
2: supported. And I think, look, I am fundamentally opposed to forcing anybody to do anything, right? Especially when it comes yeah. to putting something in your body. But actions have consequences, and if you decide, if you make a choice not to do something. Then there has to be consequences for that choice, like, and that, whether that's you don't get paid if you miss a game, whether it's that you, you know. But I think Patrick makes such a good point there. Like, if you or I or anyone listening to this wants to go to a match, we have to prove we're vaccinated. What differentiates the twenty-two players out there on the field? What makes them better than us or different than us that they don't have to prove that? Like, so I just think there's it. it, it It's so messy and so complicated, and it like there's and as we've seen like with with this new variant and stuff like that, vaccines alone aren't the answer. But I'll tell you what definitely isn't the answer is cramming sixty thousand people in London into a stadium when all you have to do is walk out your door in London to catch this new variant. Like I, I I just don't understand the logic behind it at all. Just pause the whole thing. Most clubs around the most leagues around the world take winter break anyway, like it, and they can still finish yeah. up their season into and like look, the thing is, it's not like the World Cup is next summer; it's next winter. So there's going to be you can extend it into the summer if you need to, like you know. So, um, there, there's just all, we'll these all watch the darts instead. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and we'll see all the people getting coronavirus <laughs> at the darts. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, uh, the alley pally as well. Like it's just I looked at it the other day and I was like, what. <laughs>
3: If anyone knows it just looks like coronavirus.
2: Yeah. If anyone knows my camera went up there for a second, it was like you just looking at the all these people going.
3: going. <laughs> <laughs> Regard, regarding the, the vaccinations, and yeah, this this is probably reading. Sorry, Phil, work away. No, no, go on ahead. Go ahead. I was supposed to say regarding the vaccination, and this is this is maybe like reading, you know, two plus two equals five, but so and and I'm not like deriding any clubs or saying Liverpool are better than anyone, but like Liverpool, they say are pretty much all vaccinated or whatever, or boosted and all that crack. I think there is an element of like cult culture at a club and amongst uh, a group of young men, like and leaders and like. Obviously, I don't know the ins and outs of all the clubs in the Premier League, but I watch things about Liverpool and like they have a really strong hit the term but leadership group and like they seem like grown ups and. Um, which isn't always the way in football. And and, and then Klopp sets a tone for that. And he, like he comes positive things about vaccination and people listen. Like it shows the importance of having a culture and then that influences other people to make maybe what we, we, we might see as a sensible decision. Um and like you see the difference in lower league clubs where there's younger players technically, usually in lower lower leagues, league one, league two, maybe people on loan or Academy players, whatever people who are less likely to get vaccinated. Bristol, the owner or I'm sorry, CEO of Bristol City was on Championship Club on Five Live today, and he said they're like 100% double vaccinated, and a busload of them went to get boosted yesterday because they have been, you know, the a leadership group and they have a, a doctor attached to them who has been giving them all the information and things, and has spoken to them numerous times about things, explained all the evidence, and like. Not this this particular doctor, Bristol City's, I don't know if he's done anything different to other clubs, but there, there must be something in that, that, you know, these groups of young men might need some guidance. And, like, maybe they're not getting presented the facts and they're reading shite on social media that's filling their head full of garbage. You, I think you've nailed it there because I,
2: I think Manchester United, under, I, I hate I hate to talk about the past, but like Manchester United under Alex Ferguson would be 100% vaccinated. There's yeah, no doubt themselves. in my mind. That, yeah, there's no doubt <laughs> in my mind that would be 100%. But I think, we're not, I'm not going to name the player, but I think we can all guess who the probable ringleader of them not getting vaccinated within the Manchester United dressing room is. Um, a man who is not afraid to put various substances in his body at other times, um, but... Uh, that's Botox, by the way, not performance-enhancing drugs. Um, <laughs> just in case he tries to sue the babble. Um But yeah, God like, help. <laughs> <laughs> but look, it, it, I, I think you're dead right. Like, you need, you need senior players to step up and advise. Like, look, how do I put this delicately? Footballers are stupid. <laughs> um, they're not like. <laughs> They've been they they spent their childhood playing football, not being <laughs> educated for the most part, right? And you know they weren't nerds like I am, you know, or whatever. And and I was still shite in school, even being a nerd. So it's not a help kids. You can be a nerd and still not be good in school, but or but or bad at football. But like these the aren't. You know, none of of them are joining Mensa anytime soon for the most part, right? Um, And so they need that advice and they need that guidance. And that's what Klopp has done. He has put the... Now, I would say that sometimes you can... Like, I see it across a load of sports because obviously, you know, I watch basketball and the NFL and stuff like that. And you can have players come out and say, oh, well... You know, I, I I haven't heard the science yet to prove that this is the right thing to do, and you're going well, like literally the smartest people in the world are working on this. Like who, you know, Joe Rogan is telling you differently. I can see why you're confused as
3: to what the right thing to do is. You know, um, like <laughs> so, someone on Twitter wrote them um, these these people are afraid of uh, or won't get the vaccine because they don't know what's in it. Um, I don't know what's in KFC's 11, eleven secret herbs and spices, but I still eat a bargain bucket. <laughs> Good point.
2: One of one of the the most venomous, um anti vaxxers I know, and he was he's a school friend of mine. Like, and I see his Instagram like like absolutely. He was opposed to masks. He was opposed to like, what do you want to do? Like, what are you going to do to get us out with this? But anyway, that's beside the point. But completely opposed to, to vaccines. The guy's been on steroids since he was eighteen. Like, he's bodybuilder. Like, I mean, like, where does the thought process come from? Like, this thing going into my body that I don't know what it is is good. This other thing is bad. Like, this is wild. And it's costing us all, like, because, you know, it felt for about six months there, you know, the basketball season finished, the football season finished. We got a Euros. It really started to feel like the worst of this was behind us. And now it feels all of a sudden like the worst of it is ahead of us again. Like this feels like March twenty twenty all over it. Every mm. time I see a full crowd, I feel like I'm watching Liverpool Atlanta again and going, "Okay, how big a super spreader event is this going to be?" Like, um, and that's there's no there's no reason we're back here. Like, there, we shouldn't be back here. And but they can stop it by going, "Okay." We'll come back on the fifth of January or the tenth of January. You know, we'll give it a break. We'll get let clubs clear their own house, and anyone who's not ready then, anyone who hasn't put the procedures in place then, well then screw you. Like you know, you've had the opportunity to make sure separate everybody, yeah. get everyone healthy. Um, but. I, it's such an it's such a no brainer. I just don't understand how they haven't taken that decision. Like I, I will never understand it. But it's, it's it's what you said in the group today, um, Phil. Like about you know Frank's wanting a break, wanting a break. Then he gets all his players back, and it's like, yeah, no break because I'm all right, Jack. Like you know, so like
3: I hate that bullshit. Oh, and money, money as well. Like we didn't really touch on, yeah. Like to talk about that CEO at Bristol City. He he was like, you know, um. Yes, we've successfully kind of kept COVID out of the camp, blah, blah, blah. Um, but we want to play a boxing day. Like we want to play because uh, you know, it's important for our community and it'll be a safe environment for everyone. And the 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 interviewer says, and you know, h- how much would you make on a typical boxing day? And he's like, 400 grand. So, you know, if that's if that's no crowd, there's four hundred grand gone. So, like ultimately, yes, yeah. they can say it's all about safety, and we're all, you know, we make sure all the crowds vaccinated, but ultimately you care about the you know the bank balance and 400 grand for bristol city a championship club you know is important um and that's what like in local football um i know league of ireland's a summer league but the irish league up here is is winter league and boxing day is when all the derbies get played and it alternates between you know team about every boxing day and that's uh the well, probably the biggest biggest day day. those clubs like Yep. It will keep them ticking over, so I don't know if they'll wait until after boxing day to bring in any sort of changes here. But that's kind of what it looks like. Um, which the I other thing like, about
0: sorry, Brenton, just like which again is is mental if we're using football as our barometer to decide whether we're but but we're, we are using it whether we'll, we'll lock it down yet. Now we'll wait until we get the games over so we can see how many people can actually kill. <laughs> and then we'll go on with the games. It's like, I don't
1: know. Go on ahead, Brenton. The other thing, just on a, to bring it back to the boxing the games in the Premier League, like, um, why they're played. I mean, historically, they're some of the worst games because everyone is betoed at this stage. Um, and for me, it was always a clean half. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're playing in the lead up to Christmas. Then, I mean, it's a weird situation. You're, you're training Christmas Eve. You're training Christmas Day. You play Boxing Day. You play the twenty eighth. Is it yep, like yep. that? Is insane. The football is dog shit at that time. If you if you really want good quality games, like, um, like that Liverpool uh, Spurs game, like you're not going to get that if you're playing. You know what is it four games in nine days or something stupid um and this year it was such an opportunity to be like well let's just it's like um and we can use covet as an excuse this year but obviously it's needed as well but then if it works then say hear that it was actually pretty good we got some cracker games we'll maybe just do that from now on you know yeah. a perfect opportunity to to present that um but Uh, Potty's saying as well about the money like in the lower leagues but when you go up um to the Premier league etc obviously the broadcasters are are massively involved there as well and like we know what they're like trying to get games on to that i think like i just think especially with the with the liverpool and the city game um at the weekend they wanted a sunday where the where the title containers were both playing and they had sky had both the games et cetera et cetera so that all comes into it too like it it's um well it's it's just infuriating to, to talk about it more and more because um we know they're they're not gonna change i was reading
2: specifically about that today actually that like how much of a sway the broadcasters have in these decisions and it's like they'll be looking for their money back you know, if two of the title contenders games are cancelled, they'll be looking for their money back from the Premier League and things like that. Like, to me, the, the really obvious solution is, right, I think you have to build a winter break in slowly. I don't think you can introduce it in every single league in England straight away because I think, you know, it's complicated and, you know, as, as, as Paddy said, like, teams rely on Boxing Day revenue in North in, in Leagues. 400,000 is a massive amount of money for some clubs. But what you do is, like, You say right for the Premier League we're gonna bring in a two week winter break and we're gonna actually focus on the championship and league one and league two and give them like time for the
3: first
2: yeah for yeah for the first couple of seasons. You ban Premier League teams from the League Cup. Like why are League Cups being cup games being played at this time? Like I mean, it makes no sense. Like so there's there's some fixture congestion taken away from the Premier League teams that on a at Tuesday night they could have been playing a league cup game. They're now playing a Premier League game that they would have been played on Boxing Day or whatever. Like you free that up, like it incentivizes other teams then. It makes the League Cup maybe more attractive for a League Two team to actually go for it or whatever, because they're not gonna have to face a Premier League team um at a certain stage or whatever. So I think there's like there just needs to be some joined up thinking about it all that like all these things. Are interconnected. Like and you were talking about the Boxing Day they schedule. They play the twenty sixth. They play the twenty eighth. Then they've a third round FA Cup game within a week as well. <laughs> I mean, it, it's nonsense. Like it's absolutely nonsense. Um, to Chelsea have the, the quality suffers. as well. Yeah, the more you play, like the more you play, the quality suffers. Like again, I, I I hate to keep bringing up like the NFL on what is a football podcast, but like since the NFL have introduced Thursday night football which means a team plays on a Sunday and then they play again on the Thursday. Those Thursday games are the worst things you've ever seen. Like, if anyone watched them, they would never watch another game of American football again. They're brutal because you need a certain amount of time to recover. And, like, footballers are no different. Like, not everyone's 18 and can play three games in a week. Like, asking a 30-year-old to play three sets in 90 minutes over the course of six, seven days, like, of course their performance is going to dwindle like it just it's logical like that it it would so but it's tradition and you know the worst thing you can do is do something because that's the way we've always done it and that's true in all aspects of life but it's especially true in sport
0: and to throw one last grenade into the conversation the afcon has been given the go-ahead oh that's gonna happen no, I Salah will Pick up his hamstring injury. Pe- people listen. he <laughs> might get the Alcatino back injury. You know, you know <laughs> the one. Um, listening to this, we'll think me and Patty will be raging because obviously two of the lads will be heading. Well, three kites as well will be heading off to the Afcon. I like the, they love playing for the country, so it's. I, I don't want to ever stop them doing that. I get that, but if they come back with COVID, I now, and this can be recorded. I'm declaring war on the whole continent of Africa. I'll take every <laughs> single bastard on myself, bare-handed, bare-belly match outside. Because you fucking idiots going on ahead with this, like I and like I understand too. I get it. It's massive for Afcon. It's it's massive for the organized African football organization, the whole continent. I totally, totally understand that. But look what's going on. Just look around. What's going on? Do you know what I mean? Just maybe, just park it just for once just park, i know I had to park before but park it now and bring it back in towards the summer if you can because this is just stupid now like you know when now you know what's gonna happen you know what's gonna happen people are gonna go out there they're gonna catch COVID, it's gonna be a sh- it's gonna it's gonna be a whole mess and even worse possibly would be if the super clubs if anyone's watching the video see me do the verticals just turn around and say no you're not you're not going like I, I don't want that. That's that is daft too. Do you know that? That's football. Yeah, I don't think any club should stop a player no, going but, and representing this country but they um, to because they've already they've yeah. already wrote to FIFA and 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 and, and asked for help from UEFA and stuff. They're, they're going to you can feel it coming. Yeah, we're so going to be like no, and that that degrades that competition as well. Then and isn't fair. So surely something instead of just going like a fucking bull in the Chinese shop and steaming on ahead with this, surely something should have been worked out to help yeah. us, it's in Cameroon, I think, isn't it? Yeah. To help Cameroon organization, to help their football organization, maybe because they're going to lose money, get a bit of money, to, there's a safe pot, and then in a better date, a more secure, safer date, we'll go ahead with it. Do you know? But yeah, it's going I mean, on ahead I, and
2: I I think the issue is you can't say that having 60,000 people watching a game in London is different than having forty thousand people yeah. watching a game in cameroon i think that's the difference so you have to call that you have to call everything off if you're calling anything off yep and, and like yep. i like i understand why traditionally the african cup of nations is played in winter time because obviously if you're on a continent that straddles the equator summer football <laughs> might, it might be difficult like um but at the same time again like a lot of the players going to that from other leagues will be in the middle of their winter break or will only miss a certain number of games or whatever whereas in the premier league it, it adversely affects the premier league which is probably why it's highlighted but like it, it just it just and i hate saying this um but it just feels like football is wrong at the moment with everything that's going on as much as it's a great distraction and as much as you know back in in april and may 2020 it was an unbelievable distraction to have football and sport back in in, even in its bastardized form without fans or whatever like I don't know it just it just doesn't sit
3: right like yeah that that Dortmund Schalke game which was like the first game live game we'd all watched in like a couple of months was like unbelievable remember like rushing home from Workley and like yeah like frig this is on I just like Cameroon had 364 cases of Covid yesterday and the UK had like 90,000 so they're probably gonna be (laughs) probably gonna be safer over there (laughs) Oh, fair enough. Maybe, move maybe the Premier move League Cameroon, to Cameroon, then. Cameroon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: yes. Fair enough, yeah. Do that. Move it to Cameroon <laughs> and then get the game through. Is, the maybe lad...
3: maybe Cameroon won't want Mo Salah and Sadio Mane and uh, the others coming. Yeah, I think if Cameroon is
0: listening, you don't want them. I think you should ban <laughs> Mo Salah and Sadio Mane. Uh, let Edward Mendy go from Chelsea. Obviously, you need you need Edward Mendy to go. Um, and and you know actually uh, like just for the crack, someone someone adopt Harry Maguire because I want to see him in the AFCON, see how he gets <laughs> on there. Someone someone adopt him, put him in center half, and um, just for the bounce. But um, the United would United it? lose anyone? Um, I
1: don't. Did, not I, a
3: Nobody the mind. The, Steve, the Adel- who, do wish, who do you wish was African
2: this month? <laughs> well, Harry Maguire, yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, no, no one that we would consider like a starter, I think, or or even in the rain, the first team. Um, so that's why it's and it's weird. United have never really been impacted by Afcon, like one or two players over the year, but not in the way that some 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 teams in the Premier League have been. Uh, I'm trying to think.
1: Chelsea used to get really hit with Drogba going, obviously, on Kalu yeah, when he was uh, yeah, at well, that stage. Like, yeah. yeah. Michael Essien Magal-
3: back in the day, probably too. Yeah, it it is, Coast, um...
0: qualified for it. I don't think they did. Yeah, well, then that
2: Diallo is the only one I can think. Of. Oh, no, they are, yeah, they're yeah, they're actually playing Morocco. Um, yeah, so the it... Di- Diallo is the only one that would they'd miss out on.
1: What nationality is they I think he's Iborian too. I think he's Iborian. Well, there you go. So there's I'm one not, red, sure, one yeah. less red
2: card for United over the course. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that. that It'd probably suspended that period. Like I, I don't know, I love the way he plays. I I like the fact that he, he he has a bit of an edge to him. But like, it's too much weighted to the it? to the red cards like, than it is to the, you know, the sensible side. But well, like, well
1: speaking of red cards, yeah, Philip. <laughs> I didn't get a red card. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, but
0: you know what I'm talking uh, about. Do you mean the game the game on Sunday at Whiteheart the new Whiteheart Lane? So you're in inferring to?
1: Yes, Tottenham Hotspur. Stadium.
0: Um I think Andy Robertson's red card's absolutely beautiful, brilliant tackle. Uh <laughs> but it is a red card, but I fully admired it. Uh it just was on the wrong Spurs player. Should have been on that deck with number ten in his back. And I think anyone that doesn't think Harry Maguire's was a red card is Harry either. Dane, a troll, don't blame Harry Maguire
2: for this one. <laughs> Harry Kane, sorry, is either
0: uh, well, He's a, f- give him a red lot, card too from a bit of a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Harry Kane is um what is it with the name Harry? Just those two, just two dicks. Um he anyone that doesn't think Harry Kane's was a red card is either trolling or um well no, there's actually no uh, Justification for right. it. Was just Henry Winter it, thought it was a red card. If Henry Winter can think Harry yeah
2: off, it's a red. Card. Yeah. <laughs> um.
0: But no complaints for Robertson. I actually, I actually loved it. <laughs> to be honest, uh, I wish more Liverpool players would do that. Uh, I Thought it was brilliant. Um, just pure anger came out, came out of him. Uh, he he he's a player that has that age, and I think that's why he's he's one of the reasons why he's so adored at Anfield. Um, look. Paul Tierney did did make a few mistakes, but it can all be lumped on to him because we have VAR now. So what what was the Var doing? Why like why didn't the Var look at Jada getting pushed to the ground uh, for a penalty? And why didn't Dean Harry McGuire's tackle to be a I don't understand. I so. Hi, Keane. Sorry. Um, Jesus Christ. I just hate both cunts. Sorry. I've said, ah, I've said the C word again. Sorry. 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 42 minutes and um, 3 seconds. You said the C words. That's when you need to be there. Yeah. Yeah. They're just two cunts. Um, so like, I just, yeah, I can't. I, can't, I know, I know Cloppo, Uh, he wasn't best pleased with Paul Tierney which is which is fair enough um but i think more of it should have been brought on to uh var and like what what was it doing do you know uh and, and as I well think just... we're at the stage where referees are
2: refereeing the game with var in mind which is not what it was brought in for var yeah. was there to fix only in england, these what only in england oh yeah only in like, england yeah it's the, like they're they're yeah. completely misusing it like like I don't think VAR is the issue. It's how referees are using it like although I would say one thing one the one thing that really annoys me is that have you ever seen a referee go over to a monitor and not give a penalty or give a red card? Oh. So why aren't VAR just deciding? Like it's always going to go, you know, like that one really annoys me. Like, it exactly
3: really annoys me. It's, it's fucking window dressing all the time. You know when they go over the <laughs> like, decision is getting reversed. So save all of us 25 seconds and just fucking change your decision. Like yeah. it's ridiculous. I don't need you to drama in my life. Um Do you know
1: what? Like a uh a, a good point that I heard on um many in the Monday night club, somebody said um why does a referee never be like like the referee on the pitch i mean say to the var i'm actually not sure about that can i go and have a look at it like that 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 seems like just such common sense to me like i I maybe missed that i don't know i'm not 100 sure can i just go and have a duke they always have to be like directed and once you're directed Mm -hmm. it's like Fuck, he's telling me like I've got this wrong here. So I'm going over with it in my head. I've got it wrong, and it's just as Paddy says, with no dressing, like not not even looking at what's going on. They're just like okay, I need to stand here for 15 seconds, and yeah. then and I'll change my mind. Like it's so stupid. I I, I think the the I know Jetty has been beating this drum for a long time, but the standard <laughs> of refereeing is is shocking. Like it's it's gone downhill, and VAR was supposed it's to help cool. him. And what you have
2: then is, like, ex-referees in the media and on TV refusing to criticise refereeing performances and bar performances. And that's not helping anyone. Like, that's not helping anybody. Like, if if I had done something bad in my job or something incorrectly in my job, if my boss doesn't tell me that I did it wrong, I'll just make the same mistake again the next time. Like, sometimes yeah, you just need to be told that you did something badly or you did something wrong. Now, sometimes you do it by stealth. All of a sudden, an official isn't available for a weekend, and you know they've been reprimanded privately or whatever. Like, But I've said it's it so before. Yeah. Why aren't referees so- interviewed after games? Like, why aren't referees interviewed after There was an incident um, last on Monday night in the NFL where... A penalty was given against one of the teams because something the coach said to the referee. But nobody knew that on the broadcast why the pen, no one could understand what the penalty was for. But after the game, the referee was available for interview and he was able to explain to everyone why there was a penalty. And I'm going, he's not paid. He's he is a volunteer. Why is a professional referee who was being paid to be there not made available for interview after games? Like every single every single person on a football field except the, f- the officials is responsible for their mistakes and the things that they do well. And like sometimes referees mm. do get things really well. Like sometimes, you know, you, you, you see a referee has played advantage and the, the, a team goes and score and you go like he, he actually did really, really well there. And, but that gets, me- that gets mentioned in commentary and stuff like that. But like, it's just frustrating that like they have all this power. They can literally decide a team's, a team's fate over the course of a season with one decision, and they're not accountable for it at all. Like, it makes no sense, especially when they're paid. It'd be different if they were volunteers, but these are professionals who are paid to do this. So,
1: and make up rules as well. Like, yeah, the oh. PGMOL came out and said that the reason that Hurricane wasn't sent off was because Robertson jumped. Which, yeah, this is... this, this,
3: this annoyed me when I heard this. It's like, well, people still, people still go to jail for attempted murder. Like, Just, it, it, it's, the, it's the... Even though the outcome wasn't desired, the act is what gets punished. Like, And he was out of control. So, like, fucking send him off. And I, I like, Robertson's was a red all day long. Like, I, I think I can be a level-headed Liverpool fan. Jota's was like, you're not going to see many more penalties. Like, as clear penalties as that all season. And yeah. his justification was that Jota stopped and initiated contact. Jota was looking to shoot, like um, yeah. And, and also, uh, that's not a rule I mean, either. No, like, yeah, exactly. If you, if you stop, doesn't mean like yeah. you can't be fouled. It was it was a really odd referee performance which which kind of overshadowed an unbelievable game. And you know, I think you could tell Liverpool had a. Probably not even a second string midfield out, um, if they'd everyone available because Liverpool were just completely porous. Like, and Spurs very cleverly kept two up on a high line and created loads of chances and had enough chances to win the game. But, um, great game, but referee brutal, brutal.
0: One other thing that, uh, the thing that they... I, the referee decision or the referee performance, like whatever. But after the game and and the, the days. After and even like today, I saw something. There was a lot of talk now of I'm going to go turn full JD here of how Conte showed the world that this is how you stop, uh, Klopp's Liverpool. Well, uh, unless Conte somehow infected four Liverpool players with COVID and got them out of that game, then I don't think that's tactically a win for Antonio Conte. There, to be honest, here, yes, big, they
1: played big they played very
0: well. What big Tony's he's possible. Cut have done that. Well, he, well, he actually uh, and you know what? That's why I love him. Um but the,
2: see- the secret to beating Liverpool is infecting four players with COVID, getting a, <laughs> do, do a defender you know- sent off, and, and they didn't even beat them, they drew like Spurs yeah. reacting as if they won that game. It's a and,
0: draw. A, and Matik <laughs> and, and Allison having two brain farts at the same time. Yeah. Um, do you know? I, I just I, I didn't get that. I was just like, lads, come on. Like, yes, Spurs got a draw, should have won the game. Um, at some great um chances, Alisson. Some great saves. Son should have buried one or two of them to be fair to him. Um, but I, that whole thing afterwards, where it's like, Conte showing with the 3 5 three, five, two? How like it's just like nah like let's just do it when there's a full Liverpool side and see how how they go. The game goes in for you, so, you know. I, 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 that whole thing I was like, you think Spurs had literally won like a trophy, which they don't do. Um, on Sunday there, you know. So it was it was really daft, like. But oh well um They'll release a DVD of that game yeah there's just, I'm waiting on the open top bus you know pretty going
3: <laughs> this, down you know. strange this, this is what Barney Rone from the Guardian said about Conte I don't know if has read this it's fucking shite wait <laughs> to hear this Conte has a very distinct even rather hammy kind of persona the inspirationalist the magnetic personality the man who simply demands better or purer human material what does that even mean? He's <laughs> talking about Conte like an actual god after securing a, a score draw against Liverpool. Um, Actually, none uh, of the
2: <laughs> none of the sports reporters um, covered themselves. In their balls the you had Miguel Delaney coming out giving out about Klopp being a sore loser. Or no, he called him a sour loser, which is not an expression I've ever heard. Before. <laughs> he called him a sore loser. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, he's not a fucking lemon, like. <laughs> um well, but, well, well yeah, like I don't mind I don't mind managers Not so at all. Like why would you be a grateful loser? Like why would you come around after game and say, yeah, no, like man, and again, they didn't lose, it was a draw. Like with a really depleted team, a player sent off and they came away from a an away game with a draw. I think most managers would be fairly happy in that situation. Um but yeah, the 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 narrative around Klopp that is a really bad news. And he is like sometimes he's coming from a former journalist, I don't like the way he talks to the media sometimes. because um, they're yeah. just in their job as well. Yeah. Like yeah. he's like some that, of them are justified. I, some of oh absolutely, like hundred percent. But like I but would Rob say Northman. like that. The person asking wasn't... the question is just doing their job as well, yeah. and like just because you haven't done your job well enough on the day, don't take it out on them. Like,
0: yeah. You know. So. I, I've been on. I've I've done that. You. I think Brenton, you're talking with the five live interview. You got a bit of a touch, yeah. and I've yeah. In, in I our didn't league, think that
1: was a, a bad question. Yeah,
0: at all. Last year, I've, I'm not. I'm not name the manager, but I wasn't on, on this. On the end, I know Paddy knows this. Of. <laughs> One of them for no reason just asked a simple question about his goalkeeper, um, who had had been unbelievable all afternoon, but they still lost the game, uh, 3 2. But he was unbelievable, some of the saves were ridiculous. Um, and I asked about it, and he just ripped me to pieces. Well, he didn't do his job, basically. He said, Did he? We lost the game, and he was was at fault for one of the goals, and I was like, and then he just kept going, and, and the interview was dying, and I was like, like oh well <laughs> this is the last time i'll do this uh thanks anyways <laughs> so I, I and i and i get that sometimes i said this stuff in, in our group i don't think you should in, like managers maybe that have won the game yeah but if someone and if you know someone's aggrieved but media companies won't do this don't interview them because you're gonna get you know or, or the club should go do you know what you're not gonna go forward today do you know that's what they want those they do want it, they want the name sound bites they want that yeah. The, yeah, yeah, they want a headline exactly.
2: Whereas well, I like think from a like it from the point of view, like or a, a punter point of view, like have you ever learned anything from a post-match interview? I've never learned a thing. I've never learned a thing from sound
3: bites over and over yeah.
0: again. There was one time recently this season, Klopp let his guard down in a way because he talked tactically about what he was what he'd done. Yeah. Uh I can't remember what game it was, but he talked about what he'd done in the game, which he hasn't done before. Yeah. And what he changed. Um oh, what I can't remember what game it was. It was it, Liverpool had won the game, obviously. But he talked about how they'd changed something and he'd won. I can't remember it. But um and that was the first time I was like, ooh that's but not that's the usual like five million yeah. post-match interviews we watched I don't even in watch nice i don't watch the post-match stuff yeah. anymore like i don't i'll I'll hear or read about it if i'm reading something later on i don't sit they used to sit down and watch them all but i don't anymore i'm just yeah. like no you're gonna hear this usually clicks. when
1: they've when they've settled down and they do the interview with the club tv um it's usually the best one um yeah because yeah. they've done all their sky or their bt and you know, all the independent journalists who want to get something out of them um but they know that it's a friendly place when they're talking to the club media and they settle down a bit and maybe give some more insight um the questions are the, the, under the, arms as
3: well so yeah You're kind yeah, of up the um, questions you know but like that's fine And <laughs> yeah. but... it isn't to pardon like klopp's behavior with that because i was listening to it in the radio at the time i was in the car like he was pissy, like really pissy, and he does get pissy, um but like, they go from, like, you know, uh, BBC to Sky to Norwegian TV to in Sports to that DSA. Like, to just go, like, speed date nearly, don't they, around various, yeah. like, it must yeah. be extremely annoying Um, to get asked the same question, and then you maybe get this sort of hand grenade thrown in. Like, I agree that people are there to do their job, and you shouldn't treat them badly. Totally agree with that. But you can probably see why emotions are high. They're doing just multiple multiple interviews it must be very taxing as well yeah. on the on the the manager or player whoever's getting interviewed yeah like it, and- it like to, to just to like some like how the sausage
2: is made kind of um like it like what they'll do is they'll do the, they'll do the broadcaster that's fine then they'll come in and they'll do the radio and they'll come in and they'll have to do the dailies then they'll have to do the online so and then they'll do the club TV. So there's five rounds of answering, as you said, the same question. Like and I think there's like a, a bell curve of how annoyed they get. And by the time they get to the club TV, they're actually fine because it's like, ah, uh, like it's these are friendly, these aren't gonna ask me anything too tough. But that kind of middle section of the, the dailies and the online, that's that's where you're gonna get like it's hunting season. Yeah, it's pissy answer. <laughs> but also those journalists have a deadline like it's say it's the four o'clock game on a Sunday, they've got a deadline of eight o'clock to get their copy into the, for for the paper. And like, they, they just want two, three sound bites. And so they want to, in some cases they want to annoy the manager or the player because that gets a better headline and things like that. So there's definitely bad on both sides there. Um, But yeah, I just think in, in this particular case, I thought it was a fair question and he didn't give a fair answer. And you, you can be yeah. upset and you can be annoyed but like just say i don't want to answer that and move on like and like don't tell the person
0: they're stupid and bad at their job like so. yeah there's there was yeah. no need for that like I, tell, I, tell I, me I this. probably has rang him since or said something to because he's done that before and yeah. then like a week later he's been best mates with interview because obviously he has in, in the week leading up that he's rang him or apologized or said something i i on the sore loser front like I can't. I can't argue. I punched a random stranger in the face because Crystal Palace made it three all while I was in the bot bar in Belfast one night to ruin Liverpool's title chance in 2014. So, I am a sore loser and will con- like I try and hi- I hide a lot of it. Brent will know because he sees me most and Paddy as well. But I would hide a lot of it. I would be quite the sore loser. I just put on that I'm not because I don't want Steve to know because then he'll troll me. Um but that's like I, I totally love it. I think being a sword is, is a good trait to have. See, I think like, like it's a... I feel
2: like Jaws um in the movie now. I I, <laughs> just, I I sense blood in the water and I'm not gonna stop.
0: It. I but like you're the same. I am and her I am, her,
2: I, am her, I, I don't like losing to Teddy at like Monopoly, like I am a <laughs> bad, bad loser,
0: you know. So. Um, so, like, I, I don't think that's a bad thing to have. I don't want Finn, I don't mind if Finn, I don't want Finn to be a sore loser when he's growing up and get cross, but when he's older to be annoyed at things if he plays something or to compete with someone and he's really, really annoyed by getting beat, that's a good trait to have, I think. So, I'm hoping he does have that. I hope we don't want him to punch anyone in the face, but I was just say, maybe without the punching, if,
3: yeah.
0: if it's warranted, it's warranted, and I'll just blame his uncle for it anyway. No, the finish so on the See that like,
3: like game, Bob. The three-three, the Christambul. I was I was working in a, an ane department in Antrim at the time, and I was working. Did someone
0: department. come in with a broken nose? No. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so I was working the time. I was living with two other fellas in an apartment in Belfast, and I got them to record the game for me. And <laughs> I didn't. I didn't check my phone. Turn the radio off on the, on the kind of half an hour drive home. So I arrived wow. home at say half ten. Game was well over, obviously. Probably finished at you know quarter to ten or something. I settled down to watch it, and one of the lads, patty was like, "Oh, you might find this one interesting," because he obviously knew the score, and he's a big football fan himself. And he <laughs> sat and watched me watch the game, and he just uh. made me feel more and more uncomfortable. And I was like, "What the fuck is going to happen here?" And then <laughs> we went to three. Remember we went to three nil, and I was like, "Oh, maybe we're going to win eight nil and really boost the goal difference." Why is he so excited? and then he just watched me and goals were going in I was just like oh you bastard you knew I was going to go through this did you know the he called,
2: based on what he'd
3: said did you know as soon as the first Crystal Palace goal went in it was going to be a draw oh yes yeah. yeah the first one went in. I was like I think I paused the recording and on the the Wee Virgin control and I was like what the fuck is I'm actually happening? getting <laughs> palpitations talking about this and he just started to laugh and laugh and I was like oh uh, i think i started to fast forward then because it was like you know my back was <laughs> up i was like this guy's a complete winder but well, like one of my best mates and i was like he he's he fucking knows." and then i re- fast forward at three two i was like oh this finishes in a, in a drawer or oh, so think something goes three three I was like, that was one of the, the best i'd already an hour and a half of, of is, watching <laughs> oh uh, football boys football cool
1: Going back to the, um, the, what do you call it briefly, the post-match interviews, how did how did Harry Kane get through like three or four or five interviews and still come out with the reaction he must have got and still come out saying, I got the ball? Yes. <laughs> Sometimes you convince yourself. Like,
2: it's like when I tell myself I'm going to lose weight. I think it's that kind of thing that you just, you just <laughs> the lie is so big that like, <laughs> you just believe it. So. Yeah, um, but, but there's always been like jokes like There's always been a bonus for being the England captain, like tradition. Like Alan Shearer got away with absolute murder when he was England captain as well. Like the amount of elbows Alan Shearer used to give defenders when he was jumping up for headers, like and got away with it all the time. The, the, that has always been there. But like, like sometimes the foul is so egregious, you just you you have to take the red card. I, it's it's completely unrelated, but the first thing that I thought about was remember Nanny got sent off for United against Real Madrid when he put yeah. he just turned around to, to all he was trying to do was pull the ball out of the air. He actually won the ball and then he made contact with the Real Madrid players. I think it was his tie or his hamstring or something. Was like Di Maria? Huh? I think it was, it it was. a you connect. Yeah, Di Maria, it was, Di Maria. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like an absolute like just a football collision, it wasn't even a yellow card, never mind a red card. And I thought like the injustice of that <laughs> to, like Harry Kane literally went out to break someone's leg there. Um and the only like the fact that Robertson jumped is the only reason he's not in hospital. Like but that shouldn't be rewarded by not giving him Harry Kane a red card, you know. I saw someone saying, Oh, if um if Robertson had a screamed the way the Spurs player screamed, then it would have gone to Var. And I'm going. I didn't know football was an audio
3: sport. It like, it makes no sense. Like, but it's weird. Um, like, um, so Robertson basically yeah. volleyed your boy, and then it's just such a football thing. That's a great guy, I and mean, then then the point that the physically pointed the ball and says ball. Like it's always <laughs> the ball. And, like he's nowhere near the ball, but they always point <laughs> at it anyway. As if to say, well, it's fair. It's like it shows
1: you know, that inconsistency though as well because remember earlier on I don't know who they were playing Arsenal but the same thing happened Saka he got absolutely swiped on the shin and it was so similar to that Robertson tackle and I don't think anything happened and it was maybe a penalty as well it was or it was it was right on the edge of the box I remember Johnny being furious about it he just (laughs) swiped uh, 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 was it Villa or, or Burnley or someone um yeah, and it was just the exact same. Shows the inconsistencies of our referees. Like they just clues. Yeah.
2: I don't blame people saying that they got the ball. Like it's like when you know you've you hit a shaft from twenty yards and it like goes forty foot over the bar in your corner. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't, yeah. doesn't come within a human being. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, a no, natural I, reaction.
0: Like, yeah, yeah, you'd be out at it yourself. Like I, and I still am adamant that that Robertson tackle is one of the highlights of my season so far. I I watch it. <laughs> I've watched it a few times, even today, and I think it's it's brilliant. Just really, really, Is he the only player at the club that would do that? Uh, there's was it nasty, nasty enough streak in uh, Fabinho and Milner? Mane is Milner, be nasty streak, I think. Milner does it, but Milner does it, and he's like, it's like your old fella booting you over, and you're just like, all oh, right, okay, no bother. One of because I don't know if you saw the Villa game, but when Dia was brought on, and uh, he was. He was doing quite well for Villa when he came on and Milner was then brought on. And 36 seconds later, Milner hit him such a tackle that he flipped and landed him yeah. got up and Bondea was all like, what the f... And Milner just ran off in behind Van Dijk and Madup, so the referee could, didn't have a chance to get anywhere <laughs> near him or have a chat with him. So he would have that. But yeah, Robertson would be the one you'd expect the most out of someone to have that, like,
3: which I love. I think uh, they should all be at it. So, so he, Robertson, a, a he Liverpool fan's run. favorite, but every other fan I know of another club dislikes Andy Robertson. I don't know if you guys yeah. are the same, like the same as the dirty we get. Yeah. Um, but he's kind of harder. Yeah, I actually, don't. I really. hope I don't Finn's
0: not dirty we get for someone.
2: <laughs> do you say, Brandon, you like
1: him? I think. I, I don't mind him. It's um, I, I think I've seen him on um, those those videos that um The fullbacks or something that that Trent and him used to do oh, yes. uh, in the back Wingless. of the car or something or the taxi or something. Um, and the, he comes across quite quite well. Um, no, I don't I don't mind him. There's, there's I generally there. don't like
2: Scottish people, so he, like, he fails that test. <laughs> <so. laughs>
0: Fucking hell! What you don't like Scotland? Just, Just, yeah.
2: You can't you can't stand you can't stand in a stadium built an outfit Scotland at the top of your lungs and then vote against independence. very <laughs> sorry, <absolute flawed country>. frauds. <laughs>
0: Jesus Christ. Oh well, anyone that was Scottish, thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoyed yourselves. And uh, your future endeavors all the best with them. Um <laughs> Nice. I I don't think Wales is a real place, but we'll get into this on a different podcast <laughs> some other time. Well, you know, Wales I think people is on
2: like, this island should probably not have a conversation. Yeah, about. yeah.
0: That's Wh- a real Wales, country, and what isn't? Wh- Wales is just like England's wart on the end of England's arse. You know, it's not. You know, it's like you know, it's it's just England. Only they've just put a dragon in front of something. So, um. But we'll 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 get into that a different day. Like, um, oh, we we. We were going to talk about food, but I think we've we've been on an hour and five. So I think maybe save that for a Christmas bonus special, and um, we'll talk about it if that's okay with you lads. I think we'll see if that uh, yeah, the good. food. And I know Johnny would want to get involved too. Um, hopefully he's feeling a bit better. Um, hopefully I haven't checked, but I hope Arsenal have lost tonight because I always love it when he when nah, Arsenal lose. They haven't. <laughs> they haven't. <laughs> that they, they beat a team. Four, that, oh, they beat someone at their level. Um, but. <laughs> Yeah, that's for you, JD. See you soon, you wee prick. Nice to so okay. I think that'll do us, folks. Um, for tonight's podcast, obviously get get all of our all of our social stuff on Twitter and Instagram at the Football Babble, and get our podcast on any of your podcast apps, iTunes, Spotify, and um, Podcast Addict, wherever you get them. Um, just Football Babble Pod, you'll find us there. Obviously, we have the Patreon as well. Thanks, everyone's computed, contributed to the Patreon, and 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 any use want to please feel free. Brenton, do the link.
1: Patreon.com forward slash football bubble.
0: It's £12 a year or £1 a month. It's nothing. And if you're watching on the stream, as Brenton's pointing out down the top corner, It's it's follows underneath at the bottom there on the wee ticker. So, yeah, thanks, everyone, uh, for listening. Um, we'll be back Hope maybe before Christmas, possibly just after. We'll figure that out uh, during the week here to see what everyone else's plans are. But if we don't talk to you before Christmas, then everyone have a great Christmas. Um, if you celebrate it, enjoy yourselves eat plenty of turkey and ham if you eat turkey and ham if you don't fucking do whatever you want then i'm not getting into this but good luck a fan um, of vegans yeah up, up the vegs and um, we'll see you again very soon